rightly positioning God's people to be who He has called them to be and do what He has called them to do. Welcome to Roadmap to Destiny with Reverend N.K. Imisa, the Senior Pastor of Destiny House International. Now, today's word. Alright, so tonight, I'm preaching on the subject, arrows in his quiver. And uh, one time I was praying, I, I was praying and praying and praying, and I saw a group of people voiced for something that looked like uh, a battle. There were a lot. Different sizes, different shapes, different colors. And then I had the phrase, arrows in his quiver. So I decided to go and do a biblical study on it to, to understand fully what I believe God was communicating to me. Hallelujah. So I started to do my Bible study, find out what is this arrows in his quiver thing that God is communicating to me. Because I saw a large number of people who were part of this army. And they were being prepared and it's almost as if a sound will go before them and they will appear. Hallelujah. And I saw a scripture in Isaiah chapter 49. It's a messianic prophecy. Let me just say that before we read it. Okay. What, what do I mean by messianic prophecy? It was, a, it was a prophecy concerning the Messiah, Jesus. Okay. So this is one of Isaiah's prophecies concerning the Messiah, Jesus. Isaiah 49 verse 1. Listen to me, all you in distant lands, pay attention. You who are far away, the Lord called me before my birth. From within the womb, he called me by name. Verse 2, he made my words of judgment as sharp as a sword. He has hidden me in the shadow of his hand. And I am like a sharp arrow in his quiver. So, I wanted to understand, what is an arrow in a quiver? I know you don't understand the quiver, some of you. <laughs> so, I, I was studying, amen. I was studying, I, I wanted to discover this whole thing. How many of you know who an archive is? So can, can I get some of the pictures? So an archer will usually have a bag on his side or behind him. And inside that bag will be arrows. And exactly something like that, you see. So the, the thing that looks like the bag is the quiver. And then we have arrows in the quiver. Okay. But... There are some arrows in the quiver that are very polished. 
and those arrows are released for a specific function at a particular time. In fact, I found out through Bible study that the stone that David used for Goliath was in a brook, which means that water had been passing on it and making it smooth. And water is like a type of the Holy Ghost passing on us and preparing us to release us. You understand what I'm saying? So this arrow is a polished arrow that is hidden in the quiver of the archer so that when he has a target in view, he will take out the arrow and he will do what? He will shoot it. So when I read the scripture, I understood that Jesus was an arrow in God's quiver. And Bible said <laughs> that he has hidden me in the shadow of his hand. I am like a sharp arrow in his quiver. Talking about Jesus, not you. Hallelujah. Now, let's do a little exposition on the scripture before I can properly apply it to you. Okay? So, Jesus Christ was spoken of by the prophets before his birth. And even when he came into the world, the stars of heaven spotted him, spoke concerning him, and guided wise men to him. Hallelujah. For his work of redemption, he was appointed and set apart. Bible says in Matthew chapter 1 verse 21, she will give birth to a son and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save the world. Do you understand what I'm saying? So he was called to this particular service. Amen. And for, for, for this divine appointment comes his authority for its prosecution. Amen. Now, when you look at verse 2, where he says that God hid him, God hid him like a great weapon. If you read even Romans 16, 25, let's read it so that I can make you understand clearly. He said, God hid him and polished him like an arrow in his quiver. Because of the assignment that was attached to him, he was concealed for a moment and unveiled at a particular time. Romans 16.25 Romans 16.25 Romans 16.25 Oh my God. So Jesus, now all glory to God who is able to make you strong just as my good news is. This message about Jesus Christ was revealed in his plan for you Gentiles. A plan kept secret from the beginning of time. Are you with me? So this is this prophecy. So he's saying that I was hidden, I was concealed, but I was an arrow in his quiver. Because the time was coming, next verse, when God was going to use Jesus as his greatest weapon against the devil, his works, and sin. Are you following? But now, as the prophets foretold, and as the eternal God has commanded, this message has now been made known to you. But Bible says that the Lamb of God was already slain. Are you with me? But at the right time, that arrow was pulled out of God's quiver and was released as his greatest weapon against the devil. Bible says that for this is the reason why the Son of God was made manifest, that he may destroy the works of the devil. And so, 
I saw that that was the best example that I could see in the Bible to explain to me the whole concept of arrows and his quiver because the Holy Spirit was leading me to see that Jesus himself was an arrow in his quiver. Then I said, okay, how does this connect to me? Am I also, can I also count myself as an arrow in his quiver or it is exclusive to Jesus? Or it is exclusive to Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Then I saw in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. Bible says, please follow me carefully. I'm just trying to build my sermon before I come down. <laughs> then I saw in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. For we are God's workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Which he has prepared in advance. He prepared beforehand. Then I saw that I was also an arrow in his quiver. Because I saw in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 4, the message version says that, brethren, it is clear to us that God does not only love you, but he has placed his hand on you to do something special. Then I saw that, wow, many people here are arrows in God's quiver. Because God does not only love you, but he has what? Placed his hand on you to do something what? Special. Say, God wants to do something special with my life. So Jesus came. Even when he was born, it was still concealed. There was a time that a man called Nathaniel was introduced to Jesus. And they told him that Jesus Christ of Nazareth. You know what he said? He said, can anything good come from Nazareth? Oh, consider your brethren. Consider your calling, brethren. Not many wise according to the flesh. Not many mighty. Not many noble are called. But God has chosen the weak things of this world to put to shame the things that are mighty. Oh, I am called. And God has put his hand on my life for something special. And listen, the potential of every seed is covered. And so a man can look at Jesus and think of him as only a carpenter's son and therefore even if he should stretch his destiny he will still become a carpenter but they didn't know there was a seed in him there was a assignment that was attached to his life but it was covered so people thought anything good come out of Nazareth the time came Bible says he was crucified on that cross and this very assignment that was attached to him even from the foundations of the earth came into what? Full manifestation. This was just a little Bible study to make you understand the entire concept of what? Arrows in his quiver. Can I come down now? Seated here are a group of game changers. A group of dreamers. A group of men and women of God that will shake the nations. The apostles and prophets of our time. The corporate giants of our time. Man This generation has been, you know, ostracized in many ways. They have called us the fast generation. We want fast money, fast success, and even quick loan. Hallelujah. And everything evil can be connected to this generation everything bad can, in fact, it's like sin has reached its zenith. 
But my Bible told me in Isaiah chapter 16, he said, arise and shine. Glory has come. Listen, verse 2. He said that darkness will cover the earth. Cross darkness, the people. But the glory of God will arise and shine upon you. Is there anybody here that the glory of God will arise and shine upon? Let me see your hand. That even in the darkness that surrounds us in this world, the light of God will shine upon you. And you will stand out in this generation because you are an arrow in his quiver. You are not just passing through, but there is a specific assignment that has been attached to your life. I'm not just passing through. Look at somebody and say, I'm not just passing through. There is a specific assignment on your life. Now, let me just give you a little church history. When, I, I don't know if you've did your, you have done your own search on when Christianity came to Ghana and all of that. But, you know, we got it from the Europeans. The Portuguese came in the 15th century, started the Catholic Church. The first mass was held in Elmina and all of that. On and on and on to the 18th century, the Methodist Church came to Ghana. The church was growing all other protestant churches were gaining expression in Ghana but then after independence going on to when Ghana became a republic some of them started going back but the church was still governed by these people who brought it you understand the missionaries let me call them that way the missionaries the church was largely governed by the missionaries but there was a time where the church you know uh, moved from that phase and you had more Ghanaians and now I believe that almost every church is self-governed. Hallelujah. And then within the last 40 to 50 years, man of God, we have had Ghanaians start their own churches. Okay? So we've, we have some of the big names. I don't want to mention any of them. But you know, the big churches, most of them are between 30 and you know, above in Ghana. And one of the interesting things in Ghana is that we have not seen a major shift of a general overseer yet. Hallelujah. We have not seen a massive or a specific handing over from a founder to somebody else. But it's going to happen. It's not a prophecy. And we are not hastening the death of anybody. <laughs> but it's going to happen whether we like it or not. Amen. And I believe that God is raising men and women to take over that space. Because very soon some of the big, name, the big names that we know will no longer be in the system. A lot of the big names that we know now will no longer be in the system. And the responsibility will fall upon them to arise in this nation and represent God accurately to a generation. We are grateful to God for their lives, for the things that they have done, for the parts that they have pioneered, but there is also a responsibility on us because there's going to be a shift and the time is coming where you and I will be the ones in authority. Are you with me? You are what? An arrow in his quiver. Now, at that moment, whether you have prepared or not, destiny has already knocked on your door. And so I'm glad the Bible referred to the arrow as a polished arrow because it's not enough to be an arrow in the archer's bag, you need to be a polished arrow so that you can effectively do justice to his target. Are you with me? 
And in meetings like this, that is what the Lord is doing. He's polishing his arrows. Because the time is coming. He's about to release. Remember, even Jesus was concealed for a long time. Even while he walked on earth, he would enter into the temple and listen to them talk about him. And he was sitting there. But the time was coming. After his baptism, the Bible said the heavens were opened. And there was a divine attestation. This is my beloved son. One day God is about to announce you as an arrow in his quiver. I'm not just talking about apostles and brothers. I'm going to get there. Hallelujah. But for us in ministry, there's a great responsibility on us. Listen, the person who gets you born again matters. The one who teaches you when you become born again matters. There are some people when you have a chat with them, you see that they are, the person who taught them has worried them. You understand? Even though the word of God is an authority, men are called to equip people for the work of ministry. And so if these people are not well equipped, what kind of training are they going to give to the body of Christ? Are you with me? I want you to lift up your hands. And say, Father, whatever you are doing in this generation, don't do it without me. Whatever you are doing in this generation, don't do it without me. In the mighty name of Jesus, God is empowering you. God is giving you that ability. He's making you into a polished arrow. In the name of Jesus. In the book of Esther, we saw a woman called Esther who found favor in the sight of the king. And his, her uncle, Mordecai, brought her some news that a man called Haman has advised the king that all the Jews should be killed. You know that story. You know that story. Now, he sent word into the palace to Esther. And Esther said, I can't just go before the king. To go before the king, you must be invited. <laughs> the brother went to Mordecai. He said that, do not think that you are safer than us because you are in the king's palace. And he said, this is what I like. He said, if you do not act now, help will still arise from the Jews from somewhere else. Can I tell you that even though God has called you, he can give your assignment to somebody else when you are delaying, when you are going back and forth with him, when you are not serious, you will still be having the calling and the gifts. He said, if you do not act, one thing is sure, our destiny is not tied to you. Help will arise from another place. Then he went on to add, what if you have been brought into the kingdom for such a time as this? In other words, Esther, even though she did not deserve to be in the king's palace at the time, somewhere, somehow, through divine favor, God connected her and brought her into the palace so that one day, when the king decides to kill the Jews, someone will arise and speak for them. Because if we're going to look at the people who, listen, anytime God favors you, God delivers you, he delivers you not just from something, he delivers you into something. One time, Jesus Christ went into the house of Peter and Peter's mother-in-law was sick. The Bible says that Jesus prayed for her and immediately she got up and started serving them. 
she was not healed to sit down. She was not healed to no, just clap for Jesus. She was healed so that she would start serving. So Esther did not deserve to appear in the king's palace. But the favor of God orchestrated it that she will appear in a certain place where when she speaks, it will carry weight. Some of you, the blessing that the Lord has given to you, whether your beauty, your money, your resources, your connections, is because you are an arrow in his quiver. And there is a time that is coming that you will be needed to advance the kingdom of God one way or the other. And he said, if you do not act now, help will arise from somewhere else. Listen. I pray that God will put this fire in us. That at every point in time, we will know that my life is not my own. And God has positioned me here, giving me these resources, these privileges, because there's an assignment on my life. You think that it's for nothing that people like you? Oh, I'm just a nice girl. It'll cost you to be an arrow in his quiver. It'll cost you. Even Jesus cost him. It cost him royalty. The Bible says that even though he was the same in nature with God, it was not something that he thought to take advantage of. But he humbled himself and took on the form of a servant. In the same nature of man, and he came down and he died, even death unto the cross. It cost him royalty. Somebody who was a king in his kingdom, he came down and people spoke to him anyhow. People treated him anyhow. It cost him what? Royalty. Bible says in the book of Hebrews 11 24 that Moses, by faith, Moses, when he was grown, refused to be identified or to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. It cost him royalty because he knew that he was an arrow in his quiver. He knew that there was a time that God would require a man to lead his people out of Egypt. And I cannot be in the palace of the person who is oppressing. So he denounced royalty in order to stand and accept the calling on his life. There was a man called Elisha. The Bible said that he was a successful farmer. There was a family legacy to his name. He had 12 oxen. He had the biggest farm in town. There was a man called Elijah passing one time and he threw his cloak on him. And he said, let me go and kiss my father and my mother goodbye and I will come and follow you. He said, young man, what has that got to do with me? He went and he burnt things and left a family legacy. And Bible describes Elijah as the one who poured water on the hands of Elijah. Not necessarily that he was always pouring water, but he was serving him. He was the one who would hold his bag. He was the one who would polish his shoe. He was the one who would do all those things, following him. And Elijah himself had a school of prophets. He was teaching them about the Nabi stream of the prophet, about the Jose form of the prophet, about who a seer is, and teaching them all the techniques and dynamics in the prophetic. But none of them received a double portion of his spirit. It was Elisha that received. If at the day his master was going to be taken away, they said, do you know your master will be taken away today? He said, I know. Just keep quiet. I know. I know. Fear those who serve. It's one of the ways that God will polish you as an arrow. Through service. It's one of the ways that God will what? Polish you. 
as an arrow. Fear the person who cleans the pulpit. The one who is sweeping the church. Do you know what is happening? His arrow is being sharpened. I said it will cost you. It will cost you something. It will cost you your ego. It will cost you your free time. It will cost you your money. It will cost you some relationships. It can even cost you your family. My Bible said that he who loves his life will lose it. But he who loses his life cares nothing for his life in this world. will save it for eternity. It will cost you. You have heard a prophecy. God is raising you to be the next prophet. And I saw the Ghana flag on you. And I saw 25 angels anointing you. And the Lord put the Ghana flag in your hand. And he said that you are the next generational prophet. Across all the transcontinental nations. It will cost you. It will cost you your very life. Because the kind of training that God puts his arrows through, just like the water that was passing on the stone that David used, is the same thing. Moses did not just get up. You know that when even Moses was in the palace, he was learning about leadership. He will train you. And it will cost you. Are you ready for it? Or you are just excited by your prophecy. <laughs> you are a woman of many nations. Yes. And they will add the scripture. Many women have done well, but you have outclassed them all. <laughs> and they are excited. But it will cost you. I said what? It will cost you. We hear landmark names. Like... Kenneth Hagen, Archbishop Idahosa, who has trained many men of God. Can you imagine if that man was not there? If that man did not sacrifice his life? Even our own Archbishop came from that man. Many, look at the church history in Nigeria, many of the pastors connected to that man. Many. And the number of other pastors who have come from the lungs of those who sat under Benson Idahosa. There are many men and women of God in this place. Maybe right now, you don't see it. It's almost as if it's conceived. You don't feel it. But God is punishing you because you are an arrow in his quiver. You have a specific place in the plan of God. A specific role to play. He's not thinking of what to do with your life. But we are created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared. Not which he's about to prepare. <laughs> are you with me? Thank you for listening to today's broadcast. We trust you have been blessed. To interact with the man of God, follow him on Instagram at n.k underscore emisa stay blessed